Well, the last time we came to you fine folks, we had a limitless champion, but he's not the limitless champion that we have today. And not only did that change, but a whole ton of other shit changed as well. And we're going to talk about here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, your home for your favorite indie promotion in the whole world, Limitless Wrestling. My name is Josh Nason, and I'm joined by the owner, proprietor, booker, head sweeper, head janitor, Randy Carver. I tell you what, uh, this is not just a a, a podcast voice or a podcast uh, persona. I will say I am so excited to talk about Limitless today. (laughs) It is... uh, so much has happened and and so much since we last talked of course we had you know thanksgiving gimmick and all that stuff you and i talked about that a minute ago hopefully everyone had a good holiday as well we are coming into uh, a, a basically the year end can you believe this randy the year is is coming to an end i was just talking to somebody the other day we're gonna have to start doing some prep for some year-end awards here pretty soon and that's that's always a fun time on the podcast we do the reveal show typically and uh, have some special guests on there, and I think we'll set something up for that this year as well. Um, but uh, oh, always fun to uh, get in the holiday season. Um, it, it's a busy time for everyone, for sure. But uh, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy that <clears throat> it's been such a weird year too. Like uh, to think at the beginning of the year we were still in the like closed taping era. We were in the midst of taping the road. We had just started, you know, at the beginning of the year. Uh, venturing into doing full events as a closed taping and premiering them on IWTV. So, like, it was such a uh, transition period in Limitless Wrestling. And to think uh, we've gone from that to now in June, we came back to full live events uh, with fans back in Yarmouth. And then we've been monthly since then, which is what we wanted to do, you know, heading into 2020 before everything shut down. And uh, it's been amazing, the fan support that we've received to be able to continue to move forward at a monthly pace and even sometimes twice a month with some shows popping up in Herman this year, which we'll talk about a little later, but um, just awesome stuff, awesome support from our fan base uh, all year round, whether they're watching online, YouTube, IWTV, or they're coming and supporting in person. And it's also been great for uh, the wrestlers. Like it's, it's super encouraging to hear like how awesome our fans are with the wrestlers, how, uh, they buy up almost all their stuff most of the time. And uh, it's just, it's, it's an awesome environment. So uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. And I'm happy we have so many people pushing it forward. Yeah. It's nice to have the family back together, right? The Fed. It really is. It re- Cause it's just, it's so much different. Like what, like it was a nice, uh, it was like a band aid. You know what I mean? Like it was just, we were able to keep moving forward and we were able to keep putting things out there, but the vibe and the whole landscape of the events are so much different when you don't have the fans there. It's the most important part. Mm -hmm. Very true. And we're going to talk about the next opportunity for fans to be in attendance. Of course, a year end show Friday, December 10th, Limitless wrestling return to Yarmouth, Maine for the price you pay. And we'll talk about that ticket situation, all that good stuff at card. Some new announcements, some changes, all this type of stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get there, uh, Prize Possession, the event that uh, happened in uh, in mid November, is out uh, out on IWTV as we speak right now. You can get that. You sign up with the limit the uh, promo code Limitless if you haven't already, and it obviously helps out the promotion quite a bit. And this is uh, I, I was able to watch a show uh, as I mentioned. I just uh, finished the the main event uh, right before the podcast. I want to. 
have everything been fresh. And I'm not just saying this. I told you before, I thought this was a, this is a great show. Uh, even I it must've been awesome to see live. So jealous. I wasn't able to be there, but this was, you know, from top to bottom, uh, there weren't any real, you know, dips or anything like that. The, the, the storylines I thought were really solid. Uh, culminated obviously with a brand new limitless world champion, Alec price defeating Anthony green. We'll talk about that in a minute, but overall you, uh, you were pretty happy with how the show turned out. I was actually, I think, uh, I think since we've come back, it's gotta be one of my favorite shows, um, since we've returned to live events and definitely like a different vibe from a, a few of the shows this year. And people were very just encouraging and I don't know, it just felt different, uh, in a good way. As you said, culminated with the new limitless wrestling world champion and, uh, a lot went down. A lot went down. We'll talk about that, especially what happened after the main event in just a minute. Let's, uh, let's go right for the top though. Uh, open the show JT Dunn versus uh Anthony Henry. This is the show, the match that I was looking forward to the most uh on the show just because it was a I think I believe it was a first time matchup, if I remember right. It was just two guys that hard hit, hard hitting style, and it was uh, it was uh, everything and, and then some. I, and I'll even kind of even start really quick because I'm looking at my notes now. I thought the, the opening video was awesome, the uh, it really kind of set the tone for the event and. Maybe kind of wish there was a way to have like a video board inside the arena, so in, inside the arena, inside the uh, the Armith, uh, the Ambets, or something like that. Because I think that that would just like the crowd would have been. They were obviously great from the start, but to be able to do that, I think would have set them off even more. But the, the intro video was awesome, kind of setting up the main event. Eric Greenleaf is back. We should probably mention that, Randy, uh, yes. everyone's favorite referee, right? It's comeback season for Eric Greenleaf. Uh, Come. Got and it's crazy. Here's the thing: is like uh, I it's how quick it switches like it's it was very funny to me that a month ago he was getting cheers of people wanting him to enter a matchup because there had been some kind of uh i think the referee had been knocked out and knocked to the floor and he was getting chance at a at a very important moment of the night and people were shocked and uh, i think the perception had changed especially in the mind of eric greenleaf i think he was expecting this you know mega moment here at prize possession the tide has turned the people are with him now he's got the sympathy because of the injury and as mm -hmm. soon as rich paladino said his name it was booze throughout the yarmouth and vets and oh my god just uh, had to be the wind taken out of your sails but greenleaf he knew i think deep down he knew it was coming he embraced it and honestly had a really good return from injury um luckily uh you know it was he missed quite a bit of time. I mean, that that happened at Undeniable in the strap match with Beef and Rip. So that's back in uh, end of July at that point. He This was literally his first show back. He had not done one up to this show. So it uh, took up, uh, you know, quite a chunk of his 2021. But he's feeling good, looking good. Glad to have him back. And we'll talk about another referee's miscue later on the show that caused a, a little bit of a rip. We'll get into that in a minute. So let's go back to JT Dunn. Versus Anthony Henry, JT Dunn picking up the victory. Uh, my notes here: kicks. I mean, they're kicks, punches, slaps, chops, everything. These guys brought it. This was an awesome opener. Uh, there was a uh, Dunn hit a Dixie driver, went hit an Ace Crusher, went for the uh, the death by elbow. Anthony Henry responding back with his own elbow strike, very similar to the death by elbow, and then Dunn bouncing off the ropes, returned with his own uh, death by elbow. Picked up the win, snapped a two-match losing streak, and uh, another note I had, I would love to see like a best-of-seven series between these guys if it was ever to work out. But uh, yeah, obviously some some big things, Ed. We'll talk about JT Dunn more in a minute, but this is an awesome opener. 
Yes, and uh, I think it was like a must-win situation for JT Dunn. These guys have wrestled numerous times before, but it was years ago uh, in Rhode Island, so I would say it was the maybe 2017, 2018 range. Um, Very different competitors now than they were then. I think JT Dunn, uh, smarter, has more in his arsenal, knows when to use it. Anthony Henry, I think everything that he does – with him being like, I don't know, he's beefed up like 15, 20 pounds potentially. I think it just makes him more dangerous. He's got more weight behind everything he's throwing right now. And every kick that he throws, like you said, he was kicking through the chest to JT Dunn. Uh, throwing very similar elbow strikes that were connecting right on the jaw at Dunn. So I think that's going to rattle you a little bit when someone uh, can kind of match you at your own game in the ring. But in the end, JT able to pull out the win. Bounces back from the loss to Alec Price when he lost the championship opportunity. Could have been in the main event, opened the show, but regardless, JT Dunn, uh, he was standing tall at the end of the night. We'll talk about it later, but got the win here against Anthony Henry. This is Anthony Henry's first singles loss in Limitless Wrestling, so something to note. Mm. Going on to the next match and talk about this crowd, uh, I thought was, again, awesome the whole night, and this was uh, this was definitely indicative of that Waves and Curls defeating Slaughterhouse. Of course, Slaughterhouse made up of uh, Max Smashmaster and Mortar, accompanied by Mr. Sidney Bacabella. And this was their debut in front of the fans uh, in, in Yarmouth. And uh, here are my notes. Uh, da- there were dance segments and actually Bacabella essentially getting his pants charmed off in, in a lot of ways when dropping them and ended up turning. Uh, it, it seemed like it was a fun moment. And then, of course, Ways and Curls uh, getting tricked by Bacabella's uh, uh, sly, uh, sly moves. And leading to uh, the advantage for Smashmaster Mortar, uh, Trayvon Jordan hitting a huge choke slam on Smashmaster off the second rope, and then, uh, however, they were able to finish off Mortar with the wave check and end a fun match. It was a birthday celebration after the match. Lots of dancing. This was, uh, as I've heard the term used before, a party match. This was definitely the party match for me. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I think an important win for Waves and Curls, who had not been able to get a victory in front of the live Limitless audience yet. We saw him back in August in Herman. They lost to the competition to Chant Matthews and Connor Murphy. But, you know, it's awesome for them to go into the next year with some momentum behind him moving into 2022 because they just have not been able to figure it out. And now in tag team competition with Slaughterhouse, I think they were kind of underestimated in this matchup because, You know, the size of Smashmaster, the intensity of Mortar, it's a lot to plan for, especially when you got Sidney Bacabella on the outside and breaking it down inside the ring. It was a good distraction because I think everybody was distracted for a moment and just didn't really know what was going to happen there. But uh, Trayvon and Jalen able to take care of business. Like you said, it was a fun time. They had a birthday celebration with Grayson in the ring afterwards. He's been coming to shows for uh, I don't know how long, so. Uh, and he's got some moves too, man. He, he's got some moves. Grayson was breaking it down in there, but uh, such a fun match. Uh, definitely a tough loss for Slaughterhouse, but an impressive performance nonetheless. But waves and curls moving forward with the victory. It's hard to, if for some reason, there's some guys that just in acts in general that fans just take to, and people like they really love waves and curls. I think it may just their energy they give off, but. Yeah, I've seen them in uh, AEW Dark Match when uh, when they came to to Boston. Obviously, seen them uh, on Limitless and you know in the road and things like that. But you know, see them in front of this environment. These these people were like, this wasn't any any joke. These people are like totally into them. It's kind of really cool to see. I think they're two guys who, at the end of the night, if 
if you're a wrestling fan, if you're not a wrestling fan and went to the show for the experience, whatever it may be, uh, I, I think they're giving you something memorable to go home and talk about and to reminisce on and uh, smile about. You know what I mean? And like things like that are very cool in pro wrestling. I think that moment uh, with the birthday boy after the victory, the celebration afterwards, that's going to be something that people just remember. And they're like, wow, uh, I really like those Waves and Girls guys. And it helps that they're good wrestlers inside the ring, too. Like it's not just uh, it's not just an entertaining act they actually get shit done in the ring. They've gotten so much better over the past like year and a half that I've known them as well. Um, I met them through, I believe it was the pandemic at the dojo series where we kind of had an open invite. And if somebody vouched for you, you could get there. And uh, that's where I met them. And Jalen Brandon even got hurt, broke his arm in the midst of everything in the past like year and a half. And Trayvon had a stint where he was going at it as a singles competitor. But man, like as a team, they really gel. They really, especially when Jalen got back, it was all systems go. They got right back to it, and uh, they're going to do some big things. So uh, it's awesome for them to get a win here. Awesome for them to be a part of Limitless Wrestling moving forward, and uh, I'm excited to see what else they can do. Going from the the good times to the dark times, Randy. This yeah, is a, a match, a grudge match uh, extraordinaire. Charles Mason taking on Gnarls Garvin, a.k.a. Big Beef, and Charles Mason picking up the victory. This thing started out with Mason, and, and, and for people that don't know the backstory at this point, I don't think anyone listening to this doesn't know, but uh, the, the event before, uh, Charles Mason burning a, a picture, a lost picture of uh, of Garvin's late dog, Yoshi, a uh, longtime dog, I think he said 13, 20 years old, something like that, I think they sent a commentary, and had been with him forever, and then Mason taking the, the picture of his bag, posting on social media that he, uh, he burned the picture, uh, there was a big thing, you know, the, the picture was lost and everything. And uh, Big Beef wanted some uh, revenge, gave him the opportunity here. Match started out, Mason came out dangling uh, Yoshi's collar, which uh, Garvin was not sure how he got. Apparently stole that out of the bag as well. So really just kind of tugging at his heartstrings. And I don't know if that was the, the smart thing to do for uh, a big guy like Big Beef. Uh, there, was a, there was a spot in the middle. Beef hit this clothesline where his fist caught Mason's jaw, it looked like. And Mason, he did a, a great job of selling it, or he was completely out of it, or a combo of both. But he was like... He was like not having anything on his shots after that because he was so uh, hurt by this impact. However, he recovered. He got the win by he, he tricked uh, Beef again, taunted him, dangled the collar. Beef chased after him. Mason got to roll up with a handful of tights for the win. He ran off. And then, as Beef said after the match, he said to the fans, It's not the end. This is far from over. And in a post match interview backstage, we learned that apparently a dog collar match is going to come between these two in the future. And this was uh this was intense and uh yeah this was a physical match. First of all, I thought Charles I thought the match was going to get called. I thought Charles Mason was knocked the fuck out. I'm going to be real. Like I uh that connected and Charles was out of it and I think the referee you know he had a decision to make right there. Uh kept the thing going and Charles Mason was able to recover. A handful of tights got him the victory and it's an interesting uh development with what Beef said backstage. We posted that to Twitter. And Charles Mason was quick to jump to that promo and say he's done with beef. Essentially, he uh, yeah. he used his you know dead dog to bait him in, and these are his words. You know, this is obviously what happened, but baited him in, got what he wanted, and Charles Mason used it. It got to be uh, some uneasy feelings for Big Beef. You know, not only had the match won, lost the match, and 
a lot of it is big beef. I think getting emotional and getting carried away in a scenario like that. And uh, Charles Mason able to sneak out the victory and now says he's done with beef. Uh, I don't think beef's done by a long shot, but uh, Charles Mason will be there in December and big beef won't. So Charles Mason's going to have something different on his plate on December 10th. And uh, who knows what's next for big beef. He wants it to be Charles Mason, but we'll see. Yeah. Big beef, obviously making his, uh, his debut in MLW recently. And, he continues to look good, continues to look good every time he's out there, and he's a he's a main favorite. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Charles Mason, I would say, look should probably look over his shoulder because I I don't think yeah to your point, Big Beef's not done. Yeah, Mason looked. I mean that shot. I love I love the replays. I was talking about how much I thought the production of the show was really awesome. Uh, I love the replays because so many things you miss and you may not want to rewind and so on. But the replays all were were on point. And that shot, I mean, it was basically like a right fist right to the jaw. It was just happened to be just offline. And uh, yeah, props to uh, we don't really like to give props to uh, dastardly people like Charles Mason that often, but he he stuck in there was able to get the win. It's a lot to persevere when you're in the ring with Big Beef, regardless. But if you're getting hit with shit like that, man, uh, Charles Mason found a way though. He had he had something up his sleeve. He had not something up his sleeve. He had a dog collar tucked in his shirt somewhere. <laughs> but uh, very very weird. But what what else are you going to expect from Charles Mason at this point? That's quite a, a suit he wore out to the ring too. Yeah, he's he's always got some interesting attire that he. I'm shocked that he wrestles in it. Mm. It's a creep. <laughs> well put, well put. Uh, one from one heavy hitter to another. This was uh, Jake something taking on Kevin Blackwood. Kevin Blackwood trying to get things straight. You know, had had his uh, three straight losses going into this. Obviously, Danny Garcia not around anymore. And you, after losing the uh, the Limitless Championship, doesn't really have the Buffalo Boys connection in the back like he used to. Kind of trying to find himself and did not happen for him here. Jake something uh, defeating Kevin Blackwood. Blackwood's using his mobility a lot. hitting a few nice double foot stomps. Really impressive. Uh, Blackwood, he had a lot of heart, man. And he, he, he stood up to something physically. Kicked out of multiple doctor bombs and power bombs. Finally, something got the win after a uh, catching Blackwood and countering into a black hole slam. Again, uh, four straight loss for Kevin Blackwood. Afterward, in, in the back, airing his frustrations. Doesn't really know what's going on and uh, some some soul searching for uh, Kevin Blackwood. Yeah, I think it's needed after four straight losses because, I mean, Kevin was on a tear in Limitless Wrestling from really March to July. And July is where it all changed. It started with J.D. Drake. It continued with Anthony Green, Ace Romero, and now Jake something. And Jake wanted this match. He's wanted it since June. This is uh, the first time that schedules really aligned to make it happen because if you think back, uh, Kevin Blackwood is really the reason that Jake something did not walk out of June Limitless Wrestling World Champion. So Jake wanted his revenge. He was able to get it here. He got himself a win, his first in a while in Limitless Wrestling. And awesome match. Like, first of all, awesome match. That fucking, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching at the end. Multiple power bombs, like you said, from Jake something who was manhandling Blackwood. But the thing was, is that for every time he was throwing Blackwood around, Kevin seemed to have a counter, like a very unique counter. Uh, something was trying to pop him in the air for what looked like a pop-up powerbomb. Blackwood was able to transition uh, mid-motion in the air and land in a double stomp, driving something into the canvas. Uh, just some really cool shit from Blackwood in this match. Some stuff I hadn't really seen from him before, but still, even adding that new, uh, the new stuff to his repertoire, he could not get the job done against Jake something, and uh, like you said, Josh, I think some soul searching in order for Blackwood where 
the game has just changed so much from really what he had prepared for and what was successful for him, which was really the team, the bond with Daniel Garcia, having each other there. Uh, I think it was really uh, important to their success. And uh, when they flourished in Limitless Wrestling, it was together. And now Blackwood, without that kind of safety blanket of having a champion in your corner, uh, he's not doing great right now in the win-loss column. So we'll see what's next for Kevin. Uh, he'll be back in action right right fresh start of the year, 2022 at Restival. We'll talk about that later in Worcester. But uh, he's got to figure something out here. And I continue to be impressed by Jake something. Just big dude, agile, power moves, intense. Crowd seems to like him. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think it's a matter of time before he gets a, a big opportunity somewhere. But he's a... Uh, He's a guy I like a lot. Such a physical wrestler. So he's like, uh, reminds me of like an old school powerhouse, but a new school feel with what he does for moves. And that's a very interesting combo. Yep. Yeah. Surprise impact hasn't really got behind him, but you know, impact, who knows, right? Uh, They got time. They got time. They do. They do. So let's go to uh, another fun match. And this was uh, the the rip and rip and drip connection, as I call them, rip and uh, MSP taking on art. In trios action, rip and drip connection, picking up the victory here. This uh, this had a little bit of everything. This got wild late as well. Uh, well, actually wild throughout the whole match. We had triple airplane spins by D- uh, Danger Kid on all three members of Art. Uh, there was this huge spot, which uh, if you were there, if you've seen it, you'll never forget it. Rip Bison picking up all three members of Art on his shoulders, having up there for, you know, it seemed like five minutes, but he had him up there. Didn't seem to be sweating it at all. MSP comes off the uh, the top rope with a double drop kick there. That was a huge spot. Uh, vibe changer, uh, and then they went for the the drip drop. However, Art got involved, uh, shoved a Danger Kid off the, uh, the the ropes, and then Rip Bison hitting the rip drop on uh, on uh, Spokes instead, picking up the victory. And this was uh, yeah, this was <laughs> this is quite something. This was uh, between Rip's uh, uh, jacket with a large swear word on. <laughs> on the back which was something he came out we, we donned the shower cap and this was uh this is a lot of fun and i tell you randy out actually i want to get your thoughts on the match i'm going to tell you something after the after that okay um but yeah this is a new side of rip bison a lot of fun like you said uh i love the team of rip bison and msp and we we've seen rip fly a time or two we've never seen the rip drop so that was something new but uh yeah i could not believe the triple stacker i just have to say like it's insane that not only he hoisted all three members of art on his shoulders, but he was able to walk to the center of the ring Yeah, and would MSP, you know, wait for them to get on the turnbuckle. So it became, uh, you know, a triple team maneuver there with the drop kicks coming in to crash it down. But uh, some insane stuff in this one, I got to say, like, I hate to give him credit. I really like art as a trio. Uh, I think they're a lot of fun. They obviously didn't get the job done here, and they're you know annoying as fuck online and in person, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, they're very good. I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed by Aaron Rourke just because he's super new to Limitless Wrestling. I hadn't really seen much of him over the past year, and this was you know Ava's selection to join Art. This was her dime piece. She's got the dime piece, the centerpiece, and the masterpiece, and she made it happen with this group, and I do think that, you know, in the future, if they figure some things out and maybe get their attitudes in check, maybe some things can change for them. But MSP and Rip Bison, MSP continues to have Ava Everett's number in any capacity, it seems like. And they were able to get the win here with Rip Bison. And then 
a huge challenge laid out for December 10th. You've probably heard it by now, but the challenge has been accepted. Two out of three falls to settle the score. MSP and the workhorsemen meet in the rubber match. And I, I, to echo that, that's what I was going to say is I love, uh, I, I love this art act. It's so, it's just so, it's so different. Um, I don't know. It's just something about, I'm just like, I really, I really like watching this unit kind of work together. And uh, there was a, you know, the backstage promo afterward. This is a, yeah, they're just, it, it's, it's a fun, different thing. And, and to your point, trying to give people on shows, all types of different things to, to watch, take in all that. This is a, a perfect example of that. I think Ava in general, especially in the past year has been good at uh, continuing to evolve herself. And uh, you know, we've seen so many different sides of her from, uh, beginning of the closed taping era, she was teaming with Davian to uh, her feud with Davian that culminated with the two out of three false count anywhere matchup on the road. She had her stint with uh, hating Becca and uh, being aligned with Charles Mason for a hot minute. Uh, obviously had her quarrel with Love Doug that culminated in September. And that's really where we saw that art, the whole idea of art, the whole concept kind of take off from there. And uh, she hasn't looked back since, you know, she even even in defeat, Ava Everett keeps pushing forward and uh, we'll continue to hear it on social media. And uh, yeah, we let we talk about Rip's jacket for a minute. <laughs> He's got this. <laughs> Do you know where new, that's from? No, I don't. So uh, they uh, Rip Bison, Ashley Vox, Delmi XO teamed up earlier this year against prestigious. And I believe it was a kickoff match to one of our like closed taping events that aired on IWTV. I almost want to say it was the games we play, but I'm probably wrong, but uh, it was a trios match and the three of them, they kind of did a, like a concept of gear, a throwback to when uh, Kevin Steen joined the young bucks at PWG mm-hmm. and they had the, uh, the like tassely vest kind of gear. And uh, like like Kevin had a version of the Young Bucks gear, essentially. And that's that's kind of yeah. what they did. And I believe like shout out to Delmi. I believe Delmi made that gear, um, the, the orange and uh, like fuck, you know, jacket and uh, <laughs> all that stuff, because at, like the C-Stars have matching gear to that. So but that was their uh, that was their like throwback gear to that Kevin Steen Young Bucks gear. And I think it came back out. It, I don't know if he's ever worn that in front of people. I think that may have just been for that closed event taping where he, when he teamed with the Sea Stars. So I was more the the word "fuck" on the back randomly. I just didn't. I was just. It's just like it's just weird. I couldn't stop watching the <laughs> word "fuck" right on the back. You know, and it's just like what I, I I guess it's just a rip thing, huh? <laughs> I want to say that their uh, vest said "Sea Stars Fuck." Oh, I see. Okay, and, got it. Got yeah, it. so they like because they all had something on the back of their vest. I could be totally wrong. I know there's a photo somewhere. Okay. Uh, there's obviously the match to watch back, but I'm pretty sure it said uh, "Sea Stars Fuck" on like it, uh, as they lined their jackets. I see. Okay, so out of context, it's kind of just like this word "fuck" on the back, and I was like, out of, I yes. this, probably, out of context, not gonna... it looks like he just loves swear words. I know. I was like, he probably is not going to wear that in like the fair circuit or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Um, also, when did this trend? Uh, I've meant ashes forever. When is this trend of uh, wrestlers getting their own theme music start? Like MSP has theirs, JT Dunn has theirs. I'm sure there's other people that do as well. 
Um, when did that, when did that start? Is there is some specific like group that does this or, or what, what do you know about that? So there's a few different folks who do it. Um, I remember one of the first ones I heard, I believe was the ugly ducklings, which is Rob Kiljoy, Lance Lude, coach Mikey. Um, they've had one for quite some time. And I think that was who did MSPs because they got the connect through JD Drake, because I feel like pretty soon after the ducks had it, JD Drake got one done for him, which was banging, but, uh, I thought it was real good. And, uh, I, I think it just kind of grew from there. I know Max Caster has been doing them for quite some time as well, because I think Caster did his own. And then a few of the like creative pro students, like I remember the shook crew, Bobby Orlando, Bryce Donovan, mm-hmm. they were also in a group with Caster. They had a custom like Shook Crew theme as well. And I think Caster started doing some f- out from there as well because he did uh, the main event who are in Limitless Wrestling. He did theirs as well. And uh, I can't th- like I don't know many of the artists by name, but uh, there's a few of them now on the indies because like a ran- there's a, like a random wrestler from Maine who – uh, I, I don't think he wrestled in like six months. Just like sent me his theme song the other day. It's like a custom theme he got done. I was like, what the fuck? Like, er, like <laughs> there, there's so many avenues now that you can get like quality ones done, which is awesome because uh, you can get something that really fits you. And uh, it's something that you could use anywhere. You know what I mean? Yep. If you're uh, if you're doing some kind of television taping, it's not going to get a copyright strike. It could be on YouTube as well. Uh, I think it's really cool that, MSP and the main event have put their music out on Spotify as well. So you can actually look up their theme songs on Spotify, put them in a playlist if you want, listen to them anytime. Um, I would have loved, like thinking back as a kid, if someone had custom music at like IWE in 2008, I would have loved to pull that up somewhere and like be able to jam to that somewhere. So I think that's really cool. But uh, there's multiple avenues. And I think it really feels like it's been the past few years, especially that people have really, because yeah. uh, it's an investment. You know, I, I was talking to MSP about it. It's not something cheap to get a good theme song done. So you really have to be, I think, invested in what you're doing at that particular point and maybe know that you're doing enough to warrant something like that right now. But uh, I think it's definitely worthwhile because it definitely separates you from the pack. And I can't tell you how many people put over like, msp or the main event or people who have their own custom theme, even jt duns people some people are like oh that's so it's so fucking like <laughs> people with jt's because if you listen to it it's like hilarious but it's so jt done you know what i mean it's 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 good yep. it fits it it fits so well i agree yeah i was just, just curious about that because yeah as i have that the msp song just stuck in my head nonstop. uh so afterwards you mentioned they called two out of three falls with work horsemen to settle the score and a quote danger kid made the best team vibe and we'll see that we'll talk about that match coming up in a minute and then later uh there was a backstage segment obviously talk about ricky smokes taking it very hard drinking a twisted tea in the bathroom and then uh <laughs> Ava and uh, and uh, getting uh, getting fired up, and Aaron getting him fired up, and he got, almost got him too fired up. Changed his voice and just kind of like left, and they chased after him. So who knows? We'll see you next with Art. And then afterward, MSP doing a promo, and Anthony Henry walks up and he says that he had called JD Drake and he had accepted. Uh, he said he was in for this uh, two out of three falls match coming up on December tenth, and MSP said okay. And then all of a sudden. Uh, Anthony Henry walks back out and then walks back into the frame and says uh, he actually has J.D. Drake on the phone again 
and uh and yeah so the 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 match is definitely on for december 10th we'll talk about that more in a minute and uh yeah so then leading to brad cashew having an interesting night so brad cashew versus becca but before that comes out challenges anyone in the crowd to last 31 seconds with him this is something we've seen obviously in wrestling before you know chant challenging the fan this i mean this goes back decades right uh trying to trying to challenge a fan that thinks they're tough and come in there but brad cashew he uh he got a little bit of a surprise young man tall guy named austin pierce hailing from westbrook maine imagine that picked tall guy had a north carolina sweatshirt on and the plan he had to he had to last 31 seconds with brad cashew and brad cashew of course didn't think this was going to happen and what happens he survives. Nearly got a, even got a near uh, a near fall off a crucifix on Brad Cashew. Brad Cashew not happy, and then uh, yeah, then Becca came out. This was a competitive match, fun match. Obviously, this goes back a couple events with um, Becca defeating Brad Cashew by thirty one seconds. So clearly, that uh, performance is uh, is stuck in Brad Cashew's head. And the end of this match, we talked about uh, you know referee Eric Greenleaf, uh, referee Nick Speckman. Uh, you know he, he he dropped the ball here. Cash was about to use that book on Becca. Davian came came out to take it, you know, support her friend. Speckman, he's more concerned about Davian not seeing the action behind her. Becca ate a Cashew spin kick, and Brad Cashew picking up the win over Becca. Afterwards, Becca shoving Davian said, uh, you know, I, I told you I can handle myself. And Davian says, you know, fine. Well, let's sell this on December 10th. And a match is made for December 10th. Yeah, and I think a lot going on here for Nate Speckman, um, and a lot that he probably didn't expect because I don't think, uh, you know, I feel like there are matches where as a referee you probably need to be on your toes more than others, and uh, I feel like he probably felt a little relaxed about this, as long as he could keep Cashew and his book at bay, but uh, yeah, Davian charging out, getting herself involved, and uh, was trying to do the right thing for Becca, but just in the landscape of the match, Nate Speckman got caught up with her on the apron and did not see the pinning combination behind him. And Becca really had that match won. She had another victory over Brad Cashew in the bag, and it was not tr- able to happen because Dave Yen was, you know, trying to turn Nate's attention back. Nate was trying to get her off the apron. Just a mess to be a referee in that situation. So I feel for Nate, but uh, he did not see the pinning combination from Becca. All Becca saw was Davian costing her the victory. And unfortunately, she turned right around, like you said, into the shellacker kick from Brad Cashew. And that was enough for a three count. He got his revenge. He did not get pinned in 31 seconds. He got himself a victory, which is much needed. And uh, honestly, I did think it was going to end at 31 seconds. Well, actually, a little shorter. She got another victory roll very early in this contest, but uh, only for a two count. And Brad Cashew was able to hang in there and uh, got himself a victory. And now we are going to see Davian and Becca. This is the first time in front of the Limitless audience. They've wrestled twice thus far. Once was at the 2020 Vacation Land Cup. That was Davian walking out victorious. That really started her uh, her strong 2021. She's had a lot to overcome this year. But uh, Becca got herself a victory at Fortune Pavers the Bold in June. So uh, to settle the score here as well, just like MSP and the Workhorsemen, this is the rubber match in Limitless Wrestling for these two. And uh, I think it's going to be very important to... Uh, both these ladies to pick up a victory and get some momentum building into 2022 because uh, at this point, I mean, you can't look past either competitor uh, for championship contention with the years that they've had. 
Exactly. Yeah, and Becca continues her run, I think, most improved wrestler. Uh, I've seen a limitless this year uh, her, from her gear, the look in ring action. She's had an awesome year and uh, we'll look to try to finish that off here on December 10th. We'll talk about more about that in a minute. Afterward backstage, Brad Cashew, you know, he's undeterred. He's issuing another 31 second challenge, Randy, for Jeez. December 10th. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this who knows who could come out of the crowd and, and challenge him next. And this is might be asking a little bit more than he, than he can cashew, if you will. Ooh, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Good. I don't know how bright it is to, and I'm not, you know, an impressive GPA with Brad Cashew. Graduated from Boston University. I get it. I just don't know, like, if with the way this one turned out with Austin Pierce, uh, Westbrook, Maine native, able to just last the 31 seconds, and you know, was clinging to the ropes, not letting himself get pinned at the end, and he didn't. Brad Cashew uh, did not get the victory in that 31 second challenge. So. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe that's one more wrong he needs to write. And uh, it seems like he's a guy who doesn't let things go very well, as we've seen in the past. So uh, I don't know what to expect in this 31 second challenge. I don't know. I think it's just maybe something that he's not going to let go until he gets uh, past that. But we'll see. Well, you know, another all time great from Westbrook, Maine. Do you know? Oh, I know. Right. Oh, yeah. Sky Too Hotty, the one and only. Of course. So we'll see if, uh, we'll see if, uh, yeah, Westbrook, Maine produces a, a lot of good wrestling talent. Brad Cash, who found that out at the last show. So uh, next up, coming to the end, Channing Thomas taking on the returning Jigsaw. Channing Thomas picking up the victory. One with a pile, one with a pile driver after uh, BRG at BRG and Mac Daniels out to ringside, of course, and uh, BRG hooking the leg of Jigsaw. Eric Greenleaf missed that. It's like, come on, what's good? These refs, Randy, I don't know what they're missing all the action. But Channing Thomas picking up the big win and afterwards crowd chanting for uh, please come back to Jigsaw. Jigsaw grabbed the mic and instead of giving the, you know, the indie, hey, this place is so great, blah, 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 here all over the place. He says, okay, and he just leaves. So uh, people, <laughs> seem to re- people seem to re- really be into this. And, of course, uh, Prestigious picking up big victory. Later on backstage, they are, uh, you know, they, they, they were gloating quite a bit and BRG and, and everyone, and they were saying, you know, a sweet victory when John Alba comes back. So they, I mean, they're basically saying that he is definitely going to come back next year and they are, uh, they're ecstatic about that. They're on a roll. They're cocky again. And you know, who knows what's next for them? Yep. I'm sure they're counting down the days to get John Alba back. Uh, just like I am unfortunately looking at them pass by. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, prestigious getting back on track. They're feeling very good after two straight victories. And, I think they really felt like there was a lot of pressure on them to write the ship before John Alba got back because uh, I think it would have been a story if prestigious, you know, after losing to Team Davian in September, losing John Alba's managerial privileges for the rest of the year, I think it would have been quite the story if they had gone on a skid from there and it looked like that was possible. They uh, tried to make a big splash at the end of the night in September got themselves a trios match against Dango Romero and green uh, in October. They weren't able to get the job done there. So that was two straight losses for them, but uh, they were able to pick it back up at fresh blood, defeating waves and curls and love Doug. And then uh, Channing Thomas and singles competition as they uh, continue to try to prove that uh, they can, they can go in all facets of wrestling. They can do it in singles, tags, trios, whatever they need to do. Uh, they were able to get the job done here, and it was really a team effort, as you said. BRG really uh, coming in clutch for Channing Thomas because Jigsaw, you know, is 
Uh, there were points in that matchup. It was a three-on-one battle for Jigsaw, and he was hanging in as long as he could. But uh, even even an independent wrestling legend like Jigsaw, first time in Maine in nine years, awesome to have him. But you can't keep up at a certain point when that's what you have to deal with. So I think we got to do something about that and quick. What was uh, your thoughts on Jigsaw returning after all this time? I love to have him. And uh, it was very cool. Like, I was interested in the reception he would get. People were stoked online, but uh, sometimes it could be a different story in person. But uh, people were very excited to see him. I think, like, Maine, like, underrated Chikara fan base. Like, I, I remember the Great Escape in 2012, which I think was the last time Jigsaw was here. It was a largely attended show at the Strive Center in Portland. They did very well there. Uh, never came back, so maybe they didn't do good enough. But uh, they did some wrestling is stuff that did okay as well. But uh, people were really stoked, and I think they followed Chikara in this area for quite some time. So Jigsaw uh, was a familiar face, and uh, even though he hadn't been there in nine years, uh, got a very warm welcome from the Limitless audience. So uh, I do think we'll be seeing him back in the Limitless ring pretty soon. Let's go to the main event. This was uh, one of the most highly anticipated matches of the year, uh, if not in Limitless history. And Alec Price becoming the fifth world champion, uh, for fifth different world champion in Limitless history, defeating Anthony Green for the title. This match was awesome. Uh, people were totally into Price. No big surprise there from the get-go. Uh, I love the shot. I was telling you before, I love the shot of him uh, right before the curtain, uh, ready to hit and come out. He's uh, an intense guy, and he's... Uh, he showed that he was ready, man. From the from the minute he was out there, you just tell he was ready to go. Obviously, AG a uh, big time player when it comes to the main events and, and everything. And these guys pulled out all the stops. Uh, there was a big uh, high flying leg drop from the top on Anthony Green by Alec Price. It was huge air for Alec Price. He had this awesome double jump blockbuster from the t- top rope. It was just uh, unbelievable. Green pulling out the, his butterfly suplex, suplex butterfly effect suplex easy for me to say, uh, which is one of my favorite moves that he does. It's an awesome looking gut wrench power bomb off the ropes. That was a really cool move. And yeah, this was really, this was just really great. If you haven't seen it, like press pause, go watch it right now. Al pricing the, uh, the big kick to the back of uh, green's head that only got a two count. That was a bit of a surprise. Felt like kind of a, uh, a Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels moment. Cause you had AG giving him the double bird right before he did it. But no, the match kept going. Uh, AG going for the so much prettier. And Al Price just tosses him off, hits a surprise kick, and it's over. Alec Price is crying. Everyone's standing going crazy. This was a, this was a moment. And then Anthony Green, you know, grabbing the title away, grabbed the microphone, saying it takes a real man to admit when he's wrong, telling Alec Price you are more than the guy. So he's going to put the title on the right way. And then, Randy, we've been alluding to this, JT Dunn, who had lost to Alec Price in the uh, title eliminator number one contender match recently. Came out, laid out Price from behind with the death by elbow, set up a chair, about to deliver a tombstone pile driver on it, and then Ace Romero came out. And these two, obviously, no uh, no strangers to each other in a limitless ring, and, and they start jaw-jacking. And then Ace Romero, a guest on this very podcast just uh, a few weeks ago, Randy, you sat down for 90 minutes in a very good interview. He comes out, and he, he grabs Alec Price, delivers a package pile driver to him on the chair and and just it was it was one of those moves of like you know what is going on here ace romero aligned himself with jt dunn this fan favor for a long time finally is uh, has, has flipped and then uh the interviewer backstage samantha i believe her name is um trying to get a comment for these two guys are leaving the building 
And, uh, you know, JT Dunn basically saying, we're going to talk. We want to talk. It's our basically we're running the shit now. And then Romero simply saying, piss off, bitch. It's like, come on, Ace Romero. What are you doing, man? And then uh, let's get to that first, Randy. This was uh, the, the highs and the lows. You had this amazing moment. Alec Price winning the Limitless title. Awesome match. Match of the year candidate in this promotion. And then JT Dunn and Ace Romero ruining it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot to swallow because you it was such a euphoric moment. Alec finally getting to the top of the mountain, doing a lap around with the fans who are all on their feet, which is a scene that just a couple of months ago seemed ludicrous to talk about. His family was there hugging his family on the outside. His brother got to watch him win it. Uh, and then I think it's it's one set of emotions to another when uh, Anthony Green, you know, it really it solidifies him. And and Anthony, the words of Anthony Green, I think to the limitless audience mean quite a bit. And to Alec Price, I think they mean even more. You know, being uh, seeing what Anthony Green has done from New England, uh, coming from not much and really making his own way, and uh, that's really what Alec Price has done to get to the top as well. And no surprise, honestly, uh, it's very JT Dunn that he would stick his nose in a situation like that and try to, uh, you know, take the limelight from a situation that uh, Alec Price was getting his flowers and, you know, becoming champion. And Obviously, that didn't sit well with JT, who, as you said, you know, lost his opportunity at this very match. He could have been in the main event with Anthony Green on this night. He was not after losing to Alec Price at Fresh Blood. And he was about to take Alec Price out. He was about to pile drive him on a steel chair for the second straight month. Uh, and Ace Romero hits the ring and says, you know what? I'm going to do that myself. And, I mean, he had, there's a lot of history with Ace Romero and Alec Price. Uh, it was really uh, a pivotal match, I think, for Alec Price when he wrestled Ace Romero in the main event of The Road, uh, season one, episode one. And if you haven't seen that, go watch it on YouTube. But that, to me is where Alec Price solidified himself to be at a point where he could handle next-level competition. And it was from that moment forward that I think Alec Price was getting that in Limitless Wrestling. Numerous times since, these, these two have crossed paths, whether it's singles, whether it's tag, trios. Uh, they've really done it all in some capacity together. And I'm, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's weird. It's weird because, like you said, Ace Romero has been like the guy here. Uh, he's been kind of the standard bearer, the guy who people who are coming into the promotion, they, they want to wrestle Ace Romero. They want to test themselves against Ace because he's been the guy for so long. He's been the flag bearer. He's been, he has been limitless wrestling without being the champion. I don't know. It's, it's weird that him and Dunn, you know, after all this time, everything that they have been through, Dunn has double crossed him numerous times. And now these two on the same wavelength. Uh, not wanting to give a word to Sam on the way out about their actions and uh, just just doesn't sit right. It, it's kind of it's kind of sickening to see these two together. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I uh, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what they have to say. But I'm I'm excited. I do have to say from my standpoint to throw such a challenge at them on December 10th, which we'll talk about in a minute, because. Uh, you know, if, if, if this is the if this is the way that they want to go down, they want to uh, create a unit here in Limitless Wrestling. They're going to get some competition thrown their way. Yeah, and I think you know, Romero's he's justifiably frustrated. You know, we've talked about in this show before that he's come so close and he hasn't got it. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, you got to change some things up. But 
as you mentioned, I mean, to change things up and align yourself with JT Dunn, like that's quite a change. That's quite a brisk change from just what we've seen from these two in the past. And to turn his back on the fans. I mean, these are fans that this is his home state, you know? And I mean, we heard that that great podcast you did with him. And yeah, for him to do this, uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see us to come for him and looking forward to hearing more about him, his motivations and all this stuff. And, and yeah, what's, what's to come, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, talking about December 10th, obviously AG did an interview afterward. If you watch this on IWTV, very said a motivated Anthony green is a dangerous one. So we haven't heard the last from him. And then Alec price closing the show and this guy, real tears, real emotion. You can see that from the moment he won the title, then backstage as well. This meant something. This moment mentioned, you know, two years to get to this point. And then, but he had, he didn't forget, uh, he didn't forget Dunn Romero told those guys to pull up in December. He's got something special for him. So he is not done with those guys and gay revenge. However, he has got a big challenge in his hand. So at that point, this point rather, we'll flip ahead to Friday, December 10th, the price you pay, Randy Yarmouth, Maine final show of the year under 100 tickets remain on the website. What do people know needed about the tickets and, and that situation before we get to the card? Well, we uh, we sold a boatload in the past couple of days for some reason, so we're actually under 80 at this point. Uh, so get your tickets, limitlesswrestling.com slash tickets. They have been sent out, so probably by the time you listen to this, if you've ordered them already, you have them. But uh, tickets are in the mail for everyone who's ordered thus far. We're taping this on Wednesday, so uh, if you've ordered from, uh, I don't know, up to Tuesday night, they're in the mail. We've already talked about a few of the matches on this card. The two out of three falls matchup between MSP and the workhorseman, Davian versus Becca to settle the score. And as you said, Alec Price, some big time competition coming for the champion. And that's the price you pay being the champion. It is another step up in competition. He's going one on one for the first time ever with Impact Wrestling star, member of the Bullet Club, Chris Bay, who's making his Limitless Wrestling debut. Yeah, this is a really good card. So, so far, you mentioned it. Two out, and we'll we'll preview this next week in full. But two out of three falls, MSP versus the Workhorseman. World title, uh, Alec Price defending against Chris Bay, you mentioned. Davian versus Becca, the rubber match there. Ace Romero and JT Dunn taking on KTB and Shane Mercer. These are two guys that have been around in the indies for a bit. And why don't you tell the people about what they should know about these two guys? Yeah, I'm super excited for this matchup. Uh it honestly came to mind instantly when uh, this this group formed with Ace Romero and JT Dunn. Uh, KTB has not been in Limitless Wrestling Chiefs, I think, since like 2018. Uh, Shane Mercer will be making his debut together, collectively known as Iron Beast. I think Shane Mercer may be one of the strongest dudes on the independent scene. If you have not seen him yet, look him up. There's tons of clips on YouTube. I literally saw this dude pressing a uh, set of bleachers one time to uh, bring towards the ring for one reason or another. Uh, I've just seen some crazy maneuvers from this dude that, uh, honestly, I'm pretty excited for these two to throw around JT. And uh, I think they can throw around Ace Romero, too, which will come as a surprise for the big man. But uh, these dudes are going to take it to uh, Ace and JT. And uh, I think it's an awesome test to see, you know, how are Ace and JT going to collectively work as a unit, as a team? Can they get it done? Uh, And can they trust each other in the long term? Because... Uh, as I said, these are two guys who have not really been on the best side of each other for uh, numerous years in Limitless Wrestling, and not just in Limitless, uh, a lot of places that they go. But uh, obviously things have changed over the past year or so, uh, and we'll see if things are going to work out for them as a team. So 
uh, a huge challenge for them. KTB and Shane Mercer as well, a huge challenge for them. And they want to get a win and come back to Limitless Wrestling. They want more tag matches in Limitless. So we'll see if Iron Beast can punch their ticket back with a big, big victory here over Ace Romero and JT. And also in trios action, we the aforementioned Art taking on the Circus Ninjas. That is already putting a smile on my face. That should be a lot of fun. And Randy, you uh, you didn't stop there. You've uh, it's just Christmas time, Christmas next Christmas gift, Hanukkah gift for all the the great uh, le- limitless wrestling girls and boys around the world. You pulled out the wallet. So not only Charles Mason's coming back, former world champion Anthony Green coming back with a chip on his shoulder, but you have two other. Big names. Dirty Dango returning to action in Limitless for the first time actually in ring in Yarmouth. And then also Matt Taven, the former ROH world champion. Guy's been a star in uh, down in Mexico and has been on the scene forever. He's making his debut in Limitless uh, coming up on December 10th. Big stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's been really cool. Like, obviously not cool for people to lose their jobs, but... Um, having the Ring of Honor crew back on the scene, uh, it's been pretty exciting. And I think uh, for most of them who are hitting the scene again, it is pretty exciting for them as well to kind of dip their foot back into the independent scene and see what's going on. Uh, Taven's been hitting it hard lately, and he's been someone who I've wanted to bring back to Maine for quite some time. Uh, tried to do it a few years ago, but his uh, his contract wasn't really flexible with something like that. So to be able to bring him to Limitless here, uh, making his debut 12-10 in Yarmouth, super excited about that. And Dirty Dangle, like you said, uh, first time he's really wrestling in his home area in quite some time in Portland. I think it's been years since he was uh, here with WWE for a house show. But coming to Yarmouth, first time in ring, like you said, and uh, we got some exciting planned for him as well. So uh, we'll probably talk about both of those uh, next week on the podcast for the full preview. And Randy, I also have breaking news for uh, you have another big return plan. I don't even know if you know this yet. Me. Okay. I I am finally returning to Yarmouth, Maine for Friday night, December 10th. I will be there watching the action along with my fellow humanoids and the ham and eggers, as Bobby Heenan would say back in the day. I will be there and I, I cannot I cannot wait to be back. Big in, uh, return. Big return. Yeah. So if 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 though if you thought those tickets were moving fast. Before, they're going to be gone by probably within five minutes of this of me saying this. So <laughs> I, I back up the service. I can't wait. I'm uh, I'm very excited. Schedule worked out, and uh, I cannot wait to be there on December 10th. And I uh, can't wait to see all you guys as well. So that's it. We'll talk more about this because this card is so it's so fucking great that. Uh, and I'm just saying this. It's so great. We'll talk about more in depth next week. We'll see what uh, what other matches kind of come out of some of these. Uh, some of these guys out of the card, but also Randy, another big announcement. And I didn't even know about this when, uh, if people remember last show, we talked, uh, during the ask, uh, ask limitless portion. I actually asked about let's wrestle. And then lo and behold, this week, you had a nice big announcement about less wrestle. It's coming back. Yes, it is. And, uh, we honestly, like when we talked about it on the podcast, we did not have anything set in stone. It happened very quickly, but, uh, let's wrestle is coming back. It's going to be this February. And we're coming to the Morgan Hill Event Center in Herman, Maine, uh, which has been our Herman home for Limitless Wrestling. It, it's been an awesome place to host events, and we're going to continue that in 2022. And that doesn't mean that Limitless is not coming back to Herman. 
but we are going to have uh, more frequent events for our central Maine area fans. And it's going to kick off this February. Uh, Let's wrestle Herman, Maine. We're going to have a ton of information coming out about that probably within the next week or two. So uh, keep your eyes glued on that. But this February Herman, Maine, let's wrestle is back. Uh, very exciting because I mean, you look at, look at the landscape of the roster today. I would say a good chunk of people, got their start in let's wrestle like to to make it to limitless wrestling in the world of limitless wrestling uh they got their start in let's wrestle so um it's very fun to kind of watch people really advance up the ladder and kind of bloom into what they are and make that jump eventually we've seen it with alec we've seen it with rick bison with mortar with all three members of prestigious uh davian really too that's kind of where she had been in limitless before but uh, she really came into her own in Let's Wrestle and got herself back to Limitless Wrestling in the closed taping era and has a look back since. So uh, it's awesome and, and very fun also to work with the Limitless Dojo students who are ready to go as well. Um, there's a lot of new ones who I think will be debuting and, and getting some of their first matches on these Let's Wrestle shows. So uh, very fun all around. Um, these will be produced for IWTV as well. I want to put that oh. announcement out there because that has not been a thing before. But these will be getting produced and released on IWTV just like the Limitless shows do. So uh, if you're a fan from uh, far away, you can't make these events. They will be available to watch on IWTV. So stay tuned for that. And I, will they have their own, uh, you might not even notice it. Are they going to have their own kind of like feed, so to speak, or are they going to be in like the limitless channel, so to speak? So we're, they'll probably be in their own feed. Um, we'll probably have a let's wrestle section. I haven't really decided on that yet, honestly, but, uh, we're also trying to get some streaming capabilities together for the Herman oh. menu to see if that's something that we could do in the future as well. So, um, we're going to be working out, uh, maybe some test streams that we might have some people be a part of uh, in February and moving forward, because I do think that we're going to do some regular events in 2022 in Herman. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. But uh, any information on that, once we set it all up, once we get everything locked in, uh, we'll let you know on this podcast for sure. And the uh, you know, people that are going to ask, well, what about live streaming from Yarmouth? It's just, just kind of a difficult to do internet wise and all that. So internet-wise, honestly, is not the problem. Um, it's difficult to get dates locked in with IWTV and also get a rep to get here because that's right. Yeah. Uh, you have to have someone who can man that stream, essentially. And the closest person to us is in Pennsylvania. So <laughs> we really have to – and it was, it was up in the air for a hot minute. Uh, I was thinking December 10th was going to be live stream for a hot minute, but um, – it, it's all about the rep availability and if you can get someone there to man it and have the equipment to be able to host it live. So we are going to try to take some, uh, you know, some uh, steps forward on our own if we can and get ourselves into a, like a position where we could maybe uh, work with them and have some kind of stationary thing up here where we could have someone man it from up here who doesn't have to be a rep that's coming in from Pennsylvania and uh, get some streams going. So that's what we're going to be working with in Herman, just to kind of work out the kinks and see if it's something that's possible. Alternate idea, Randy, Aram on WCSH Live. They, they, they did programming, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll get them to come to the show. <laughs> yeah, have Rob Caldwell on the action. That'd be good sitting inside a uh, top shelf and, uh, and Johnny, right? Yes, I, uh, Rob's been to a show before, actually. He has, so. yeah. 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 Well, boy can dream, right? Uh, and finally, we, uh, we'll wrap things up. Uh, talking about future events and already thinking about 2022, which is crazy to think about. 
We've talked about in this podcast before, Limitless Wrestling is going to be part of the Beyond Wrestling Restival in Worcester, Massachusetts. Lovely Worcester, Massachusetts on January 1st. And tickets available right now on shopiwtv.com. And already announced, Randy, Alec Price, the world champion, former world champion Anthony Green, uh, longtime roster member Ashley Vox, the awesome J.D. Drake, MSP, and Kevin Blackwood. Sounds, uh, sounds good already. Yeah, we're bringing the whole gang to Worcester, Massachusetts. It's really going to feel like a uh, tried-and-true Limitless Wrestling show and bringing a taste of Limitless to a new fan base. But uh, from what I've been told and what I've seen, we have a lot of main fans who are buying tickets and making the trip, which is awesome to see. So uh, we really appreciate your support. And uh, I'm hoping if you're listening from maybe the Massachusetts or New Hampshire area or Connecticut, uh, consider making the trek for this one because, uh, I mean, you could buy – uh, a couple tickets is uh, H2O Wrestling is going to be the same day and Blitzkrieg Pro as well, 1 p.m. that day. Uh, and it, it's a whole, I mean, you can buy a combo ticket for the entire weekend if you wanted to. There's a whole weekend of events. Uh, it's at the White Eagle in Worcester, Massachusetts. going to be a very fun time. So I'm excited to bring a real limitless experience to Massachusetts for the first time. Uh, hopefully we can do it again later in the year, but uh, we're going to start announcing matches for that, I think, in the next week. So stay tuned for some more talent announcements. Stay tuned for some match announcements because uh, we're going to load that sucker up pretty soon. Sounds like a great Christmas present. Perfect timing. And Randy, real quick before I, I let you go, um, talking about December 10th, originally it was announced. I, I want to have you, at least have you address this. Originally it was announced that Jacob Fatu was going to be part of that card. And then you mentioned on uh, social media that he was double booked and not coming in. Anything to, to add on that or, or clarify rather? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. Uh, dude double-booked himself uh, and did not have his date straight, and we had confirmed on it uh, about a month prior. I uh, had talked to him the day that we announced him to book his travel and had booked it up for him. He was coming in a day early just to uh, prevent any you know potential problems with a uh, flight from San Francisco because we have had him delayed before coming into Portland or Boston. Uh, and yeah, double booked himself and pulled himself off the card. So, uh, that shit happens sometimes. Uh, it's probably tough to keep your books for a wrestler wrestling a couple times a week. So, uh, shit happens. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Yeah. And then but luckily Chris Bay was able to come in and Chris Bay for, for people that have not seen him before, he's a, he's a standout in impact, uh, former X division champion there. And he's one of those guys when, uh, I remember when Kenny Omega, uh, they started to do the, uh, the impact AEW angle that was a name that got floated out a lot uh, in terms of like from fans on social media of like i want to see omega versus chris bay so i, I think that again we'll talk about this more next week that Alec price chris bay match is going to be like it's going to be really good really good. i think it's going to blow people's minds honestly because chris bay just an insane athlete uh alec price the same as well but uh it's exciting because uh i i would have to assume that a lot of people who will be in the crowd have not seen chris bay live he's hardly been on the east coast so um very excited for it and quite a challenge for alec price right out of the gate being the new limitless wrestling world champion to face someone the caliber of chris bay so i'm looking forward to it well fans you got your homework for next week if you haven't watched uh any of the most recent limitless shows check them on iwtv or YouTube, watch some footage of Chris Bay, get ready, watch the uh, first two MSP Workhorseman matches, and buy your tickets if you haven't. Go to uh, LimitlessWrestling.com, and uh, you heard Randy, get them early, and uh, look at all these great stars. I'm going to be there as well, the biggest star of them all, but this is going to be awesome. <laughs> you can obviously follow uh, Limitless Wrestling on uh, on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, 
uh, on YouTube as well. I mean, hundreds of millions of views. It's insane there. Get uh, get all your limitless fix there if you need to. IWTV we talked about. Uh, my I'm on Twitter jo- at Josh Nason. Randy's on Twitter. Uh, Randy Carver underscore LW if I'm remembering it up the top of my head. And Randy, I, I think that's about it until next week, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap it up there next week. We're going to be back with a full price you pay preview. And uh, we'll be talking about a few other things as well. But uh, we'll be back with you next week. Yeah. Episode 100 coming up. End of year stuff. December 10th. Great time to be a Limitless fan. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, support your local indie.